I'm Rob Hopkins, and this is Imagination Taking Power, a podcast where I share with you conversations, insights, and aha moments on my journey towards writing a book about imagination. The initial spark that set me off thinking that I needed to write a book about imagination was reading a study by a professor at College of William and Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia, whose name is Kyung Hee Kim, known as Kay to her friends because they kept getting her full name wrong. Kay is originally from Korea and came to the US in 2000. She already had a master's and a PhD from her time in Korea, but when she came to the US, she did a second PhD under the supervision of Dr. Paul Ellis Paul Torrance, known as the father of creativity. Torrance created the famous Torrance Test for Creative Thinking, known as the gold standard of creativity testing. He passed away in 2003, but Kay has since continued her research into creativity. Her paper, The Creativity Crisis, The Decrease in Creative Thinking Scores on the Torrance Test of Creative Thinking, was published in the Creativity Research Journal in 2011, and its impact was huge. It's finding that since the mid-90s, imagination in the US has been in a steady and persistent decline, while IQ continued to rise, made the headlines, even the front page of Newsweek magazine. It led to a period of national soul-searching. When I came across it several years later, I was fascinated that I'd never heard mention of it from anyone in the climate change and social justice worlds. If climate change is anything, it must be the greatest failure of imagination in the history of the world. Perhaps Kay's paper might offer some illumination as to why our response isn't happening fast enough. It was wonderful recently to be able to talk to Kay about her work and her findings. I started by asking her how she had ended up embarking on the research that was later to be published as The Creativity Crisis. There is a Flynn effect, F-L-Y-N-N, Flynn effect. The researcher Flynn found that um, IQ scores in the world have been uh, increasing every decade, increasing, right? So people become smarter or like uh, people eat better then brain develop better or um, more people are educated than before so then it affects the IQ score so there are many reasons but uh, that's why I was thinking okay on in 2005 I published a paper called um, uh, what is it can can only intelligent people create people like that? So it means I did the meta-analysis on the relationship between creativity and intelligence. So I collected every single article that was published on the relationship creativity and intelligence since 1965 up to 2005. And then I synthesized, and then I found that oh, really there is a negligible Intelligence are not that related, right? So then, worldwide, if intelligence is going up, right, then creativity and intelligence are not related. But I, I hypothesized creativity and intelligence are not 
related, not really like a highly related based on my Nobel Prize winner study and the meta-analysis. And then, so, okay, if creativity and the intelligence are not really related to that, how, just like I hypothesize, then it, it might go up. Even though intelligence is going up every decade, the creativity might not. And then, so I, I use the, uh, norming data from the, the famous Torrance test, uh, since, uh, it was originally from like 1966. The first data is 1966, and then like up to 2008, I analyzed. Yeah, so it's almost uh, like a sample size is almost uh, 300,000. And then I found that, okay, so up to 1990 it was going up, and then, uh, and then so 90, and then after that, 98, right? So somewhere in the middle, between 90 and 90 days, something happened, and then it uh, started decreasing, declining. So, and then I found in 1998, it decreased. And then after that, um, so continuously. So after that, like uh, 2008, it decreased, and then, Recently, 2018 decreased like that. Yeah, continuously decreasing. So something happened between like 1990 and 1998. Yeah, towards 1990. Yeah. So, so was so did did you have like a, a, a was there a moment when you first uh, when the the kind of the impact of you know when you went wow. That's, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't expect that. The problem is this. Okay, at the time, you know, because a lot of researchers in my field criticize, have criticized me because they thought that I got this result. I found this result, right? And then I went to uh, media. It was not like that. Okay, Hope Bronson from Newsweek had interviewed me already at the time for two months about. Torrance test, how to measure creativity. So at the time, the title of his article was for Newsweek was uh, uh, the new science of creativity. So I was already interviewed, right? And then we were we became friends. We were interviewing often. And then, you know, and then one time, so uh, one day I just finished the analysis, and then, and then I I was a uh, Telling him that was oh, strange, right? Um, you know, you he knew about Flynn effect, okay? So you know Flynn effect, right? And then he knew. And then so, so but um, that's why my hypothesis. I was saying, telling him that my hypothesis was right because uh, even though IQ is increasing, creativity is declining, right? And then he got really interested in that, and then um, he. He decided to change the name of the, his article at the time he was writing, and then he changed it into the creativity crisis. So it's not so it means I happen to talk about it, right? I happen to talk about it, and then so he wrote about it before my actual article came out, like a academic on an academic journal, right? Mm -hmm. So I. Yeah, I I really want to. Yeah, I really want other people to know that I did not 
<laughs> so, so what was the reaction to the paper like then? Like, and what, what once that article came out? Shocked, shocked. So many people called me, like left or left the message on my office. I don't know how many people, and uh, uh and the, when I went to my office, there were people waiting for me. Oh, like emails, emails. I don't know. It's just so many people. So I was, I didn't know people were interested. No, American people were interested in research findings that much because I never, when I was in Korea, I never even, we never even talked about research findings, right? <laughs> I don't know. So here, so it was really unexpected, right? But I didn't like the, intention of the media attention because I don't know why but um they they all asked me like uh, they didn't ask me how to change this or how to okay how to um, reverse okay this creative crisis nobody asked me really <laughs> um, they asked me like who did wrong <laughs> who did wrong you know the politics or the education or the parents the technology or what like they just asked me uh, uh, they told me to finger point like that so there were two um, TV shows I wouldn't tell you exactly I shouldn't tell you but um, Two TV shows that asked me too, and the one radio show too, like uh, to talk about um, to finger point. What is it? Finger point, right? Anyway, to blame some a uh, group of people like that. But um, I didn't want to be just negative. I want to be positive. You know, I still think that we can change this. Okay, so as long as people like you uh, in this world, we can change that. But I don't just want to blame uh, this specific person or a specific uh, group of people, right? So that's why I didn't go to um, TV show or radio show. Yeah. And, and what, what do you think it was about? Because it, it it felt like it really touched a nerve. It felt like it was yeah. it was similar to the what you've written about in your book to the Sputnik crisis when there was this sense of oh no we've we've abandoned that we've, right. we've let the imagination right. muscle grow weak why what do you think right, right. was the nerve that it touched at that time so the, just like uh, I call it like American fear you know they have to be the leading country all of a sudden uh in, uh, they might they might not uh, lead um, like maybe there is a Chinese before like in 1980s right like everybody talk about like a Japanese and then now maybe Chinese I don't know so uh, that kind of fear and then like economy and the economy was uh, getting not better and uh, also, you know, like in my book, I, I researched uh, like a patent too, right? National pat patent, U.S. 
video. Oh, by the way, I have two patents in biotechnology too. I got, but uh, so if you look at the patent record, right? Um, foreign people's so the percentage of foreigners, okay, especially Asian people, are dramatically increasing. So native U.S. born people's. Uh, percentage of U.S. born people is uh, like uh, decreasing, so it's a compare comparison, right? Um, so did I tell you like uh, foreigners are increasing, U.S. Are decreasing, right? A lot of times I hear in my mind, and then comes out different words, opposite word. That's right. Okay. Um, so there are um, many. Like reasons, but I I call it yeah, and also you know in education, uh, since uh, like uh, late nineties, uh, especially uh, in in two thousand, um, international testing movement, right? PISA or teams like that. So um, this comparison. I know a lot of people like the comparison, and then they think they they can uh, improve education. But uh, the I don't know the comparison side is really good because okay, uh, out of like let's say there are many countries in the world, and then American like U.S. students, for example, PISA scores are like uh, in the middle, right? Um, so out of all those countries. So um, people, uh, adults, American adults feel that maybe later our children are like uh, not as a, like getting dumber or, and then or foreign country ch children are getting smarter and then our children, American children are getting dumber. That's what they fear too. It's uh, based on all those uh, fear but because they, so that's why they have been focusing on test scores a lot. Yeah. So that's what I think is, okay, um, I know you're not American, but uh, I I believe that um, America, the strength is creativity, okay? Um, not test scores, okay? Asian people, because I'm Asian, Asian people, the strength is a, test scores and the memorization and the repetition and the practice. But American people just strengths are really like um, originality, individuality, creativity, like like that. So um, so it means that American people's weaknesses are test scores, the strengths are creativity. But since uh, like uh, the 1990s, especially 2000, like that, um, American people are focused on their weaknesses, which is test scores and memorization. They want to improve that instead of focusing on their strength, which is creativity. So when you focus on just improving your weakness, you lose your strength. Then you eventually become your average, average, you know, mediocre average. So that's what it is. Okay. Um, when you when you published that paper, you 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 said you you 
you attributed the findings towards the, the rising of testing in schools, the increasing mm -hmm. presence of screens and the decline of free unstructured play. Over mm -hmm. the time since then, have you added any other possible causes to that list? Yeah, I think uh, uh, recently I studied uh, a lot on school uniform. I, you had a school uniform, right? In UK, mm -hmm. I think it's uh, 80 or 90 percent of people, uh, students wear uniform. But yeah, people think uniform is good for a lot of things like uh, what mm, you don't waste money on clothes or you focus on more academics like that. But actually, uh, based on all kinds of research findings, so it's really inconclusive. There are no really positive effect, really, right? But and at the same time, on top of that, I have found all those uh, like a survey research uh, uh, was conducted, but not was sponsored by uniform manufacturing companies in UK. Oh, the name was hard. Peter. Peter. What do you know? Any famous big um, uniform company? School uniform company. No. Well, I knew the name, but I forgot. It's in my paper, and, and then in this country too. So, um, the so it's a, a lot of like a, a, a research. They all, all these uh, uh, school uniform companies sponsored uh, uh, the survey research. Okay, parents, teachers, like that. Um, but survey means it's just that they perceive there might be some positive effect. But they, <clears throat> and then they just advertise that, oh, uh, the, the uh, wearing uniform is, has a lot of good, like, uh, positive effects. It's not like that. It's not. It's just the, the perception of, uh, they perceive that there are, there might be positive effects, but actually, Research findings don't show any positive effect. Okay, but okay. So, uh, uniform is really actually encouraging um, conformity, uh, but creativity requires non-conformity, especially imagination side of creativity. Right, the main essence is of creativity, imagination. Okay, so imagination size of creativity requires um, nonconformity and originality. Think about it. Okay, you imagine something. You you think about something never thought. Other people never thought about, right? So it's out of out of box thinking. Then um, you have to think different, right? Than others, so but uniform wearing uniform is like that. It's really like uh, all about like um, we should look the same, and also on top uh, at the same time. Okay, we are uniform. Maybe okay, the ones who wear the same uniforms might connect better, or they feel like a community. But then at the same time, it has uh, like uh, excluding others who are not in the community too, right? So then, who look different, who act different, who think different, become what? Uh, 
bad. It means that it's not it's not good thing, right? So so add to that. So it means okay, technology like passive, you know. So students are too busy, children are too busy, so they don't have time to play outside that, and then they are passive, like uh, they don't play active, it's a, they do just a passive uh, play, like uh, in front of technology all the time, right? And then at the same time, focusing on only test, test, test scores, uh, and the uniform, so it's a, uh, um, yeah. Yes, so, so, so school uniform is damaging to the imagination. Yes. Uh, then you might think that okay, the UK or those um, British people <laughs> or UK people are not really uh, creative. But um, compared to the US, based on my research, um, I told you like recently I analyzed um, PISA. So there's a PISA test scores, okay, reading, math, science, like that. And the, at the same time, they have a PISA survey. They do survey uh, teachers and students and the principals like that. So I analyzed the surveys on that. Uh, so it means although when they uh, developed the survey items, they didn't try to measure creativity, okay? But based on my research, um, uh, there are certain uh, conditions, environments that foster creativity, right? That I call it four different climates, like uh, um, it's in my book, right? So first the sun climate, uh, encouragement and um, like inspiration. And then after that, uh, storm climate, like high expectations and challenge. And then third, um, the diverse experiences and the viewpoint. And then the last one is um, freedom to uh, think uh, deeply and differently, right? So um, in terms of that, I. Uh, I chose those uh, the items that indicate those uh, creative climate. I call it creative climate to foster like creativity, students' creativity. I analyzed that. Um, so UK uh, was uh, not really good. It meant uh, US uh, students were uh, US school environment um, still foster like a creative way better than UK okay. people. Yeah, so um, so still, so it means, okay, creative crisis in the, in the US, yeah, it is happening, but I didn't, I didn't study other countries' creative crisis, but uh, based on my comparison of uh, this survey uh, uh, responses by teachers and the students, uh, it looks like uh, U.S. Uh, students are still uh, more, more creative, or U.S. at least U.S. school environment foster more creative creativity in students than other countries, including U.K. Do. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
you um, you told me uh, yeah. So although your paper was called the creativity crisis, mm -hmm. many of the trends that you measure, i.e., divergent thinking, things like that, apply oh. just as much to the imagination. Yeah. I wonder how you see the connection and the distinction yeah. between imagine and creativity, and what insights your research gives us about the imagination. Yeah. So people like uh. uh Criticize, oh no, but the Torus says, uh, just, uh, divergent, divergent thinking. It's not creativity test. So divergent thinking test. But I disagree. Oh, okay. At first, when Torus test started in, uh, like 1958, yes, the, the, the both Torus tests, like verbal and figural, okay. One is uh, by drawing, the other is by uh, writing. So both versions of a total test were divergent thinking tests. And then, so, but Dr. Torrance studied, okay, dedicated his entire life to researching creativity and creativity assessment. And then, so maybe how many years later, almost 25 years later, it's like 1984. In 19, 1984, he uh, revised this uh, Torrance test, uh, uh, and then especially figural test, the ones with the drawing, right? That's the ones that it's really famous, like uh, worldwide, uh, like uh, over 40 countries have translated, they use it, right? So, and then they all use a uh, um, Torrance test to identify gifted children, yeah? So, okay, so in 1984, uh, he revised that, and then he, so I mean, the, since 1984, the Torus test figure became creativity test, not divergent thinking test. Okay, divergent thinking. So there are certain elements you, but creative tests are more comprehensive than that. Okay, so that's why I call this a really creativity test. Uh, and then, um, so. And then inside the creativity test, right? So how, uh, okay, I call it that creativity is uh, like um, the process to, to lead to, possibly lead to innovation. So it means uh, creativity is uh, making something unique and useful that can lead to like uh, the result of outcomes. It's an uh, innovation, okay? So, but, in order to be, uh, the foundation of a creative thinking is expertise, not, not high IQ. It means that without high IQ, you can be really good at something, one thing, right? So, like, that's why I give an example to other people, because I have a um, friend who is a fixing car, okay? Um, he only had a, a fifth grade education. He didn't finish fifth grade, right? And, um, um, and of course, like, uh, education doesn't mean, uh, like that reflect IQ, but actually it is, uh, like, uh, academic achievement scores and the IQ is really highly, strongly, uh, okay, positive related. So, okay, so I don't think his IQ is really high. I think his IQ is uh, below no average, okay? But, because uh, mm, his expertise, and then at the same time, and then if uh, you grew up in an environment that like, can encourage your imagination, right? So once you have expertise, and then you have imagination, 
yes, you can become innovator. Like you don't have to be highly educated or like highly like intelligent because that's why a lot of Nobel Prize winners that didn't like all the like including Nobel Prize winners, all the innovators don't have a high high like education, like a formal education or high IQ. But I the all the common thing is that they had this uh, one specific expertise on in that specific field, right? And then at the same time, I told you earlier, if you have just the expertise, you just become expert, right? That you reinvent the wheel. But with the imagination, you can uh, or ex- extend, expand the uses of uh, mm, the words, or uh, you can combine like uh, different words together, or you can like make uh, some. Like uh, you can improve or you can make something in some unique ways, right? So um, that's why imagination is necessary. So I call it, I don't call it just imagine, I call it just either outbox thinking or outbox imagination <laughs> because you can't just uh, think inside the box. You have to think something like out of box. I mean, the, if just uh, you have the knowledge, Okay, and then you just memorize knowledge and skills, then it's just an expert. But you have to something you have to add to some uniqueness, right? So that is that uh, why it's imagination or about thinking is necessary. So it's so it's fi- so you would feel that it's that it's fine to say that the data in your creativity crisis paper. Mm-hmm. Also applies to the imagination as much as it applies to creativity. Oh yes, of course, because uh, yeah, like there's no really research field for you know imagination, right? But actually, imagination is all about this outbox thinking. Why? Like even imagination, you think like many people think imagination is just all of a sudden you just think about it, you just. Uh, come up with something new or like fantasizing something new, all right? But actually, it's all based on specific, like some expertise. So that's why I'm saying the basis of a creative thinking is expertise, okay? So you have to have raw material, a lot of raw material to mix together or to do something with it, uh... So like uh, so it means imagination requires some material to work mm. with, right? It's not something out of blue like from the heavens. Some it's not like that. So it's, uh, it's all based on your own experiences, uh, knowledge, skills, uh, like like that. So that's why I call imagination is uh, basically out of thinking. Out of the box thinking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Jean Twenge wrote her book, uh, iGen, that came out earlier this year, where she talked about how the data that she looked at said that in 2012, she started seeing lots of trends in young people around anxiety, depression, self-harm, mental health, which she attributes to the introduction of the iPhone at that time. I wonder... Uh, in your ongoing updating of the creativity crisis research, do you have you seen any similar impacts? Um, 
Yeah, so she is connecting to some kind of a mental illness, right? Like a negative effect. Uh, first, I need to talk about that. So, okay, when I looked at all the, the torrent tests, the studies that use the torrent tests, I looked at recently. Mm. So, torrent test scores are really positive related to uh, healthy mental status. Okay, so, so mental health. So you are more, you are mentally healthy, then you are more creative based on Torrance test, right? Mm -hmm. So then if there are more depression, anxiety, um, like that, then it will affect the uh, creativity. It, it, it can lower your creativity that, okay? That side. And then on, on another side, mm, so technology, um, I connect the technology into more like it's a passive play, right? So instead of uh, going outside, you like uh, actively play and then you explore outdoors and you um, get hurt sometimes, right? Get hurt and then you learn something. Instead of children doing that nowadays, uh, you sit in front of an um, iPhone or TV or like um, uh, computers like that. So, so then um, it's a passive play is really um, uh, hurting your creativity, right? Because you just get it, get it, you put it, so then you don't have a or time to think about oh, um, um, like uh, it really actually it hurts your reflection skills also it means you need a deep thinking and you need a, um, different thinking right but it's a technology all those iPhones really actually fosters uh, the same thinking the sameness that it's like a conformity and the um, and uh, uh, also, yeah, not like uh, active thinking, or <clears throat> it also hurts your deep thinking also, you know, because you get distracted by this technology all the time. You don't have really alone time, solitude to think uh, things in depth, why it works like that, why, like uh, you don't usually have time, deep exploration time, right? So that's how it, uh, like affects negatively on creativity. And, and uh, one of the questions I've, I've asked everybody that I've interviewed for this book was that if it had been uh, you rather than Donald Trump who had been elected as the president of America uh, <laughs> and, and you had run on a platform of make America imaginative again so you oh. so you were really stressing the need to revalue the imagination in education, in public life, in policy making, in people's home lives. You know, you, re you, you, you said we, we have to turn this around. Our survival depends upon it. We need to throw all the resources that we can at making America more, more, more imaginative, imaginative again. What, I like the word. Yeah. What would you do? America imaginative. <laughs> I like that word. What I should use it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what might you do in your first hundred days in office, do you think? 
First of all, okay, um, I'm still Korean. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't changed my passport. Um, I didn't want to. So uh, uh, I have a strong accent, Korean uh, accent. So even if I die, I will be still Korean, right? So then I can't be American president. For, okay, okay, but I can imagine. We're imagining. Yeah. We're imagining. I can't yeah. Imagine I was a uh, president then. I would change the education because education is the basis of everything. It's a, it's the future. The future is in education, right? So then it will change everything. So um, I will change the college admission criteria. Then because of all the like education is towards the college admission, right? The parents are focused on eventually focused on like uh, which school, which college my children enter, right? So um, I will change the okay instead of uh, focusing on SAT. ACT, okay, you know, uh, more people, more people in the world are taking SAT and ACT every year, more and more. They make more money and more money, okay? And then because they have more money, they have more money for lobby at the Congress more and more. So it's becoming powerful, powerful. So it's harder to um, reduce the power, okay? So, okay, so, but um, if we can get rid of the test scores, then the admission criteria should be um, measuring each person's um, you know, expertise. So it means, like, based on, like, because all children are different, each each child is different, okay? If they don't focus on test scores, they, and then we find what they are interested in, and then uh, grow their interest into some, like, like uh, into passion uh, by accumulating like more knowledge and skills you work on it okay you you work on it if you are interested in something you work on it and you will learn more about it and then you you become passionate about it so once you are good at it you are passionate about it right so then it, it can grow into your own expertise right so based on something they can do well we need to measure, you know, like a lot of graduate, graduate schools do that, actually. I, we hire graduate students based on their um, like interests, their working experience, work experiences, or their, uh, their expertise, actually. But, right? So we can do that. Then it will change the entire education, like, uh, of course, high school, and then middle school, and then... Um, Elementary school, it goes down, right? Because of this uh, testing, testing, uh, focus on testing, even four years old in this country, four years old, uh, are focusing on, like, it was not like that, but now research shows even four years old, uh, focus on academics. And then more time, it means that before they had more play, play time, free time, exploration time, like that, but now, they it 
those times are all reduced. Now they have more uh, focus on academics, right? And then some children are not good at academics uh, like earlier. So then they already know that they are not good at this, okay? Academics, so then they feel like they are failures already at age four because of the general like societal focus on these test scores. So, so it means if we change the admission criteria completely for college, then going down, so then from four years old or three years old, the education or the movement or the their education or their life will be, their experiences will be changed. So that's what I want to do. Mm, wonderful. Um, um, uh, the, but just the last, the last question I had was just whether you had any thoughts about um, activism. So when people are trying to, uh, you know, something like we we do with transition or in or in the climate change movement, when we're trying to say to people to to help people to imagine what would a low carbon future like, it could be fantastic. But if we're trying to do that with a population whose imaginations are really, really struggling, how might that change how we present ideas? How might that change how people do activism, the knowledge that the people that we are trying to inspire and influence and connect with, they don't, their imagination isn't as strong maybe as it, as it should be? So I really um, like this activism activists because uh, they are the ones uh, who uh, who don't who actually who question the status quo right they don't just follow what others do they want to change something they want to make it better so those are really who are creative those people who are creative and they, those people make uh, the world a better place to live right so instead of just uh, okay, like um, every day, the same day, like just like uh, any others, and then um, not thinking about the big picture. But you are activists are thinking about the world as a like a one world. The, they see the world with a bigger picture, right? So um, as long as these people are alive, or these people are like uh, really activists are like uh, active then um yes i believe that world be, world become better place but i want to know know how really i how to make this uh, activism more like uh, uh bigger way right but you you grow you grew already but i guess uh, because of internet actually um the world becomes one and we can um we use uh, a lot of like a uh, new technologies actually uh we can connect these uh, activists together people who have uh, the same like purpose in life right or then um yeah, we can really, uh, yeah, change the world. Uh, and then, so I think that we, if we can have this, uh, like, um, somehow 
uh, online conference together, like a big meeting, right? And then we invite inspirational speakers, uh, right, for the future. If we can, uh, there are a lot of things we can do, even though we are not in one place, uh, on on internet. Uh, we just uh, support each other. We inspire each other. We encourage each other um, for the future and for our children, next generations. Um, then, like, uh, then it is possible. And also, like, we need to think, like, among us, we have to encourage each other. And uh, we have to encourage children to think differently. Like, uh, not like um, just the uh, the accept whatever it is. We always uh, like uh, should try to question something, even if it's truth or fact. We need to question. We have to think about again, and uh, we have, um, we have to have a, like a environment that encourages really agree to disagree, right? Uh, even among children early, uh, that's uh, really important because uh, when I looked at all those, um, um, when I looked at the survey responses from PISA participating countries, right? So the biggest problem was the, uh, the um, this uh, space climate is a weak, getting weaker, which means that freedom to think deeply or differently. Um, so it means like uh, the world are encouraging conformity and uh, uniformity rather than originality and the creativity. Okay? So I think we need to focus on like uh, think differently. It means uh, don't just agree with the, the status quo or the uh, wide acknowledged wisdom or facts. We need to question. We have to like encourage question. Like it's not I'm not like encouraging fight, but we need to encourage conflict uh, and uh, debate, disagreement. Argument like that. I think that's a yeah. um, most important thing. Yeah.